0: One thing that really inspired me personally to start this and then I pulled Lily into a fold as a student who just graduated is I had a group of students who I've spent time with before in person and we had a connection and I had a class with them and I had a class with students we just met online because we've been in a times of COVID, it was a night and day. One group was completely lost, the other group just, they stuck together. And the learning outcomes were so different. The, you know, the level of wellness, the level of mental health, it was really that one semester was, it was a tough semester, but it was a night and day between those two environments. And realizing that that sense of connection that we established when we were there in person together was the crucial part, towards. And just well-being, but also towards the learning outcomes, which is, you know, the, the purpose of educational
1: spaces. Welcome to the Wonder Podcast. This is CCV, your host, and I am delighted to introduce one of our 2021 Wonder Grant award-winning teams. Uh, There's an amazing amount of work that has gone into the project from Artique Art and Architecture, and I'm sure you're going to want to just go find their project uh, package and check out their website because it really is spectacular. Having said that, I'm going to turn it over to Marana from uh, Artique Art and Architecture to introduce herself and start talking about the project.
0: Thank you, CCB. So uh, thank you so much for having us here. Uh, a little bit about our team. So Arteek is an architectural firm that specializes in ed- educational environments. So we do anything from peak, pre-K to 14. Uh, we also do a lot of community projects like community health clinics, a lot of nonprofit projects. But as you might have intuited from the name, we also do a lot of public arts. So a lot of community involvement in the things that we do. And on uh, and our team, we, uh, we had a couple of really amazing people. So Lily here is with me today. But in addition to that, we have Gayatri, who is an architect with decades of educational architecture experience. And also, we, we had a cultural mix. So Gayatri coming from India, being educated there. Uh, myself. I'm coming from Europe, being educated there, bringing that cultural background. We had uh, two local team members, uh, Vanessa Williams and Alison Hook. They are both San Jose natives for multiple generations with a lot of educators in their families. so some educational background there. Uh, I'm going to let uh, Lily introduce herself, but uh, as far as I go, I, uh, so I'm an interior designer with long experience, actually not so much in educational design. I've done everything from corporate healthcare, hospitality and so on. And I came to educational architecture because I've been an educator myself for over a decade now with the state. And that experience has made me want to actually improve and design educational environments. And then Lily, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Oh, sure.
2: Thank you, Marana. Thank you, CCB. My name is Lili. I'm an interior designer from Artique. Um, I came from a very diverse background. I had worked as a software engineer and a school counselor in the past. And I entered the interior design field uh, by coincidence and fell in love with this profession. Um, I feel that my previous work experience in educational field resonates a lot with Artique's design specialty. The educational facilities, schools, um, and my coding and academic experience definitely helped a lot with the research work and the completion of the paper and the website.
1: Well, I didn't know your background, Lily. So, uh, congratulations, all of Artique, Art and Architecture, for the um, amazing work that you put together on this particular project. So, I want to start by asking, you know, kind of. You've given a background of who you are and what your interests are, but if the project is building community and learning environments using evidence-based um, dis- design process, uh, why was that so important? Why is the, the nature of community uh, so important in the learning uh, and educational environment?
0: So really our starting point was I have to turn a little bit back so what uh, where did we start from is uh, well we were in a, in the middle of covid as everybody else and uh, it was not the lack of connection that we were missing we were all plugged in 24/7 i was teaching i was you know we had the we had the office going we were trying to keep everybody connected but a lot of people, and I felt this from my students, especially, but also from my coworkers. We were feeling all alone in a world and plugged in twenty four seven and it's it was a really, really horrible feeling. And it started thinking it started thinking what it is what it is that we were missing because we couldn't say that we were missing the connection, but it's really belonging community. and it was very, very hard to get work done without that deeper connection and we did a lot of things as an office first internally to create that sense and I, I also I have to admit there was so much struggle with the students and with the students there was a big difference one thing that really inspired me personally to start this and then I pulled Lily into a fold as a student who just graduated is I had a group of students who I've spent time with before in person and we had a connection and I had a class with them and I had a class with, with students we just met online because we've been in a times of COVID. It was a night and day, one group was completely lost, the other group just they stuck together and the learning outcomes were so different. The You know the level of wellness, the level of mental health. It was really that one semester was it was a tough semester, but it was a night and day between those two environments. And realizing that that sense of connection that we established when we were there in person together was the crucial part towards not just well-being, but also towards the learning outcomes, which is you know the the purpose of educational spaces. And that's why we started. And uh, you know, and then Lily came with her with her research background and uh, did a little bit of research on it. And well, can you share what you found out when you did the academic research of the importance of community?
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, first of all, as a former educator and a current interior designer, I strongly believe in the connection among the built environment, community formation, students' growth and well-being. And I, when I was searching on the internet for literature support, I came across a journal article. It was written by Eric Scapes in 2003. He explained the four approaches that to strengthen students' sense of community, uh, which are cultivate respectful relationships, emphasize common purpose, and provide opportunity for collaboration, cooperation, and provide chances for autonomy and influence. And Marana and the whole team thought hey, this would be such a great guideline for us to go through the research and data collecting um, as well as interpreting and categorizing our findings. And actually it did, and it worked very well. Well, I wanna say a big thank you to Eric Scapes.
1: Well, that's fantastic. And uh, if if people are looking for more information, On the uh, Wonder Grant webpage, there will be the Art and Architecture page, and the research will be there. All of the references will be there. And and in the transcript of the podcast itself, we will call out and make links to any of the people that you're referencing. So there's gonna be a lot of opportunity for people to follow up and connect and understand even more than what you're just sharing with us today. Um, I was curious, in um the uh, the definition of community and community qualities that you pulled out to start to define um, and you just now were talking about the um the four areas from that particular article but when you're when you were talking about community how did you further define you know what was what was what cre what types of what elements beyond what he had written in his article how did that turn into uh, built environment um, attributes, if you will. So I'll, I'll
0: take that one. That one uh, they ended up uh, taking us in the direction where we did not originally intend to go, uh, partially, because obviously we're designers and we want to tell people, well, this is, you know, hire us, we'll be designers, and this is how you should design your environment, this is what you should buy, and purchase, and build. And a lot of things, uh, we actually added the fifth category to things, and that is our hazards categories, because what we discovered is a lot of times, it's not about what you add, but also what kind of barriers you're able to remove. So one of the, the main point of creating a community is making sure that everybody has a sense of belonging to that particular group that's, that's underlaying you know, the relationships, the sense of common purpose, and, uh, you know, opportunities for collaboration and autonomy and all that. And and th- that was the other funny thing. People are always like, oh, you want to have community? Well, put a lot of people together, get them a space to get together and collaborate. But the ability to exert your own autonomy and to be separate and to be an individual and be as that individual accessible as part of the whole is that crucial part. So now, how does that Uh, translate, but partially what we find is that first we need to to remove, do no harm, we need to remove the barriers. And then one of the big things we wanted to do, you know, we do a lot of work with charter schools. We do a lot of work also with the school districts with with very little funding. And uh, a lot of times we we design these great creations and it's like, well, we don't have money for that. So we'll just, you know, we'll, we'll chop it all up. So we wanted to actually find a different levels of intervention. And a lot of things, if you if you look at our research, if you look at our website, is okay. There are a lot of things you can do right here, right now. You don't even need an architect if you don't want us. Fine, we can be there to consult. Uh, we we would be happy to consult, but uh, uh, you just you just make an operational change. How it translates to the built environment then is the the next two levels. So if you have a little bit of cash, what can, you, what can you do with the basic furniture? What can you do with a little bit of paint? One of the big things we found is you know, the not having sterile institutional environments, but just adding a little bit of color, just throwing throwing a little bit of color on the wall. I actually have a big picture behind me that used to be a gray building and it didn't have a budget to remodel the inside. So what we did is, well, we painted the outside and it had the desired effect. As it would have been almost if you you know if you change the inside, so little things. And then finally we said like okay, but if you have the funds, here's what uh, here's what you can do. And it uh, included you know creating community spaces, but also included creating individual spaces for the small groups or individuals to engage. Looking at different ways to provide resources, providing transparency. Transparency was a big thing, whether or not it's uh, you know. Uh, creating you know, all of these open glazed walls so you can see what's going on. And that was, that was actually a big question. You know, There's the whole not having a sense of supervision, but having a sense of openness, or if you don't have the budget, just leave the door open. Right? So I, I think our big goal here was we wanted to share this and we wanted to have, um, we wanted to make sure that uh, uh, we are providing interventions no matter what your budget and what the situation is, because, because everybody needs this.
1: So, well, not necessarily
0: selling architecture.
1: Yeah, one of the um, one of the very appealing elements in your proposal for the Wonder Grant was that I was calling out the fact that not all s- educational institutions have the wherewithal to a- even access this information, so they they might not even know what opportunities they have because they haven't been plugged into uh, an, an architectural conversation and or just a a community development conversation. So it's great to think how much work you did to make this so accessible because it certainly is. And I think people are going to be very impressed. Um, I do want to ask that question about uh, implementing evidence-based design in your uh, the process in your um, moving through this project. So using the principles of evidence-based design, what impact did that have on the research and the process itself?
2: Mm, Okay, Uh, I'll take this one. So uh, basically we follow the first four steps of the evidence-based design process. We define our goals and objectives, and then we find the relevant evidence and critically interpret the evidence. And in the end, we had a discussion and create the evidence-based design concept. Um, I wanna focus more on the middle two steps. So we started with a literature review because we want to have a strong support of our point of view. There are are theories from early years like Maslow's hierarchy, Dunn's learning style model. And there are different educational pedagogies like Montessori, Wardoff. Uh, For the recent research, um, they all a lot of research explained why building community in schools is, is important. And they also explain how the built environment is adapting. So based on all of this fundamental information, we did our data collecting in a variety of ways. Um, we interviewed designers, educators, school admins, operational people, and also students um, to get in-depth and very specific ideas and comments. And then we send out questionnaires to them to get a more statistic data. Uh, other than that, we also did case studies for West Valley College and Summit Denali High School. So I went to West Valley College for school and I really know our design building, the super building. It is designed very well. So we have different sizes of Collaboration space. We have several open lounges, and we have small rooms for students uh, to to work together. Quiet rooms, and we also have the larger conference rooms for students. Like there, the booking system was also amazing. It's not through any teachers or any admin people. There is just a signing up chart uh, at the door of the conference room. You just uh, uh, write down your name, the time you want to use the room, and then other people are able to see as well. So that's the case study part. Um, both school they, they, they both have the good designs that incorporate um, good elements that foster community formation. Uh, last but not the least, we organized the three workshops with West Valley College students and faculties, San Jose State students and our own Arctic staff. Um, so after this part, we did our interpretation part. We had three to four uh, internal work sessions with our research group. That's a time for us to analyze, interpret our data. And finally, um, remember earlier we were talking about uh, scapes four strategies. So we break those down. For each big strategy, we came up with seven to six specific strategies. And then later on, we provide interventions in three levels for each of those. That is um, roughly how we did we conduct the research. And that's the process.
1: Okay, I just have to say, every time I um, I spend more time thinking about this. Did you do anything else while you were working on this particular project? <laughs> because it's, I mean, it, I'm laughing as I say this, but it's it's so impressive the you know the thoughtfulness, but also the um the application of resources and and intention to to bring it to the um to the the completion now i want to say um knowing it was covid time knowing that um, there was there were distrib- distribution challenges or connections with people how did that impact your um, your your process did you did you have any hiccups because of ac- accessibility or
0: Actually, so I'll I'll take that one. Uh, we I think decided early on that uh, okay, uh, there's COVID. We cannot get groups of people together inside. And actually, one workplace helped us uh, because our decision was let's take it outside. On oh yeah, look at that. They have fantastic outdoor space that's perfect for collaboration workshops. So one workplace was nice enough to host us with our group meetings. And uh, uh, and and people were, uh, we had a, our own team and then we also had a couple of groups of students. I brought my students from South of the state and then we had a group of West Valley students. Uh, people were so happy to be in person, especially West Valley was not having any in-person classes at that point in time, our office was closed. Uh, so when we said like, it's gonna be safe, we're gonna be outside, do you wanna come? There was this level of enthusiasm. Oh, like, yeah, well, missing the connection and then there's going to be food which we actually found if you go through our findings one of the one of the big findings is uh bring bring coffee and snacks and the community will come <laughs> i think the direct quote was uh and this is from west valley is coffee makes me feel welcome <laughs>
1: You know, in an interesting way, there was a a previous Wonder Grant project that was working on spaces for survivors of violence within the 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 public space with the police department and or uh, and interviews, and that was one of the things that came out. Well, you just think that's a human thing that it feels uh, there's a warmth, there's a um, kind of a a humanity too, and there's a, a what's the right word? There's it's. It's nurturing. It, there is an element of that that makes it feel the space itself. I mean, and the environment feels more inviting. So I just think that's um, I, I, we're we're always fascinated by what the um, the general elements of research tend to be, and they tend to be human because all humans have some of that, you know, kind of similar need. Um, so you, this is how you got to everything that you did. Now, t- Now t- spend a little bit of time and explain what you turned all this information into. Uh,
0: so, well, uh, the short answer would be website. So we built, and that was, that was part of our original proposal because sharing and making it available to everybody and also making it something that can grow and develop rather than just one paper, one presentation. So we built a website community through design. But what we what we really did on a practical level well two things and actually one of them is not what we expected uh, because the, during the process of uh, stakeholder engagement really when we did our interviews and we developed the survey and then we created actually a scripted workshop. I wanted to make sure we don't bring any preconceived notions to the table. We don't just ask people like, okay, so tell us how, how should we do that? But we, we had a lot of exercises and a lot of discussions that then brought us to the point of community and to the point of interventions from different directions. And what we, what we found is one of the ways to build community is to engage people and make them feel welcome, make their opinions feel welcome, let them express themselves. And we realized this assessment process that we created is actually part of something we wanted to share because anybody can should be able to take that, and just by going through the conversation, it's already going to help them build so a the community, even if they if. Even if they just, uh, in our case with our office, we ended up getting a newer, fancier coffee maker for the office at the end of it because we did, we we started the research. We wanted to do it, you know, with a safe group with with our office. And as we got, went through all of that, and we we're starting to come back to the office, like, okay, we're coming back to the office, and guess what? We got an espresso machine. So. Small level of intervention, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, our website is actually sharing the script for the workshop, the surveys, the questionnaires that we uh, put out. So really, uh, and it, you know, you can you can hire us to help you with that, or you can uh, you can do it yourself. Actually, one of our interviewees um, who helped us with the with the research, Anna Harrison, already told me like, oh, I'm using your workshop. Is that okay? Like, yes, please. We published it, so. Uh, for another for a school project elsewhere and uh, the other part that we created really the part that we promised is our tool building community tool and uh, it's the website portion is interactive and we try to make it very accessible so when you get there first you have you have our four categories and there are six quick lines, explanations of the things that you can do, and then if you want to delve into one of those, then we have a more expanded page which tells you, okay, well, if you just need an operational change, if you're just an administrator, a teacher, or even a student, this is what you can do. If you have a little bit of a budget, this is, you know, a minor intervention. Are you master planning building a new campus? This is what you should be planning to do, but also allowing, instead of having this big bulk of everything to do, you can kind of pick and choose and look at, like, okay, I have these four things. I think we need something here. Oh, this sounds interesting, let me click on it. What should I do for that? So we, we try to make it scaled also to any scale and easy and quick to use because None of us really have time to, we did have time sometimes, Lily mostly had time to read long papers and literature, but most of the time, most of the people, most of the projects, we don't have that kind of time because we were working on other projects and doing other mm-hmm. things at the same time. So that is, a, that is what our final tool was. And as I said, we also in that have a list of uh, things to avoid, we, we call them hazards. There's a big flashing thing on it, hazards do not do this. So if you identify, you have one of these, your first step should be to, to remove them. And uh, that, uh, Lily, uh, is, there, is there anything else? I think that's the gist of what we delivered.
2: Oh, um, I just wanna share with the audience that during our research, we figured out that, like Marana mentioned this earlier, it's not that the major intervention always matters a lot, but with the reutilization level of intervention, that could, could do a lot of things too. Uh, I just want to give an example, I want to take the wayfinding ease of navigation as an example. Um, we, we strongly believe that students feel less welcome in the space when they have difficulties to navigate. And nothing could be worse than on um, a student first day of school, they get lost on their way to their classroom. Uh, so there are different ways, different levels of solutions that could make things right. We summarize those from our um, data collecting process. So as we can think for the major level, what we could do is prior to developing any floor plan in a new space, a designer or architect uh, should conduct agency and circulation studies to determine the relationships between the spaces. And this is also uh, normally restricted on The location of the building or the area of the building or even the budget. But then move to the minor intervention level. There will be a lot of things for you to be able to do. For example, simple things, color of the flooring, color of the walls, or some lighting fixtures. Uh, I'll take the Summit Danali High School, for example. Uh, This is an arctic project, and I was part of it. So we used a lot of accent walls and also those hypergraphic to help the student to locate different classrooms. It's easy to see and it's easy for them to memorize, okay, this is classroom 10 and the green wall is classroom three. So that's one of the strategy for this uh, uh, minor intervention level. And saying the reutilization intervention, it could be, uh, simple, simple temporary signage, or even a piece of paper, you print a very temporary signage on the first day of the school posted on the wall, or even involve the student volunteers to show the new students or the guests, okay, here, where, where can you find the room or where are the bathrooms, things like that. And this could be at very minimum cost, but could be very effective. So all of the, specific strategies, we provide those three levels of interventions. And this is an ongoing project for us. As we design, uh, as we do more design and more research, I think we'll add more information to enrich this website tool for everyone.
1: So uh, the, I just have to say it's um, the, the, the depth and breadth of the the approach that you took is very impressive. The output is I, I'm going to be curious to hear because we will of course hear feedback, but it's it's amazing to look at in the amount of time that you had the um, the the amount of organization and um, and formation of the the information in in an uh, accessible manner is. It's beyond impressive. But I was talking with with uh, your coaches uh, and I- explaining my awe <laughs> and looking at your your proposal. I mean, you have the research and um, and they were they were also uh, extremely complimentary. So as a um, as a Wonder Grant award winner, it's it's incredibly heartwarming to know that the information that you have uh, that you have provided. To the entire community, if you're talking about community building, um, you've done a darn good job. So I'm going to say congratulations again. Um, very impressive, and thank you so much. Is there anything else that either one of you want to share that we didn't talk about um, as like kind of a final uh, note to the audience, something that they should be aware of?
0: Uh, well, I had a couple of final words. I always uh, train my students that you shouldn't end on "that's <laughs> it." Have a final statement uh they laugh at that if they listen to this but uh uh and i wanna uh and i wanna quote uh, actually one of the or paraphrase one of our interviewees uh, again i mentioned anna harrison uh, before she she's one of the many people, so we have a full list of people we interviewed but uh uh we're actually partnering to take this potentially to a conference later on this year and she's part of the group and uh the quote is that the sense of belonging is an intrinsic. The, the wish for a sense of belonging is an intrinsic human characteristic. It's it's not something that needs to be taught. We all naturally have it. We all naturally crave it. And if we remove the barriers, if we look at the space, we look at the environment, and if you remove the barriers, the community will naturally happen. It's not something we need to teach anybody how to do. And the best starting point is really to get the people. we could be calling them stakeholders, get the people, get everybody who is affected, get them together and allow them to talk and to express themselves and convey their own experience and just by listening, just sitting down and listening and taking note uh, uh, that, you know, that is the most basic thing you should all do to take take anything away from all the research. And then, you know, if you want any specifics, check out our website or reach out to us, we would be very happy to help.
1: Thank you very much, Marana. Um, Lily, anything else?
2: Oh yeah, so we have all the questionnaires, our workshop material on the website, and we do encourage the teachers, designers, everyone uh, to download those and feel free to use those to facilitate your their discussion at schools or assess the own school situation conditions. And at the contact page, feel free to leave us a message and just keep connected
1: and connection that we talked about earlier connection is only one element of community and community is is that sense of belonging and that sense of of camaraderie that there it's almost is spoke it's not spoken in what you've been um in what you or have developed it's it's just very obvious so it is embedded in the work that you've done i think that um it's wonderful that people who have been involved in education are also involved in creating built spaces for the learning process because it, um, you know so much more and you have experienced what the, um, the value is and that, that you have shared this all with, uh, with all of our, audi- our listening audience and anyone who's accessing our Wonder Grant information. We are enormously grateful. So thank you again. Marana and Lele from Artik and Ar- Art and Architecture. Good job.
0: Thank you. Thank you.